0: Hello and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Jacinta. And I'm Emma. We're a book podcast for everyone. Whether you love reading or your idea of a book with a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book love. into Power Book Club, Ultimate reckless List.
1: And catch up with your friends.
0: Ooh, welcome to our new episode. So, Welcome everybody. Um, this is going to be a bit of a different one I think theme wise. It's a
1: bittersweet.
0: Yes so we were super super excited to do this episode <laughs> because um, we wanted to base it off the program that the Melbourne Writers Festival had put together which was a bumper lineup oh of God. some incredible authors. Top full of like the best. And it was a very exciting thing in you know this new COVID world we're living in because there were lots of in-person events. So even though we don't live in Melbourne, it was still exciting, feeling like you know we were having some sense of normalcy. Exactly. And then, Back to normal. um, yeah, COVID ripped the rug out from under us, and they had to cancel because of the whole Melbourne COVID situation. <laughs> so there's still a digital program, so we definitely say, yeah. encourage you all to suss out that because it's incredible still. Yeah, they've
1: got some really good – I think they've got, like, 12 talks mm, and they were all pre-recorded, so they're still good to go. Yeah,
0: so that's going to be – I hope maybe they can even, like, put a few more up maybe. Actually, that's a really good idea. I think that could be cool. but So there's still plenty to check out, but we were just very disappointed on their behalf because it was so cool. They had an amazing collection of sort of local, international authors across every genre. Yeah, Yeah, it was – it was a huge lineup it would have taken them so long to get ready for it feel so bad yeah so we wanted to
1: still support them mm. and put our money where our mouth is yes and do the digital program as well but also shout out some of these incredible authors
0: and these books yes because they've obviously all published books yeah relatively recently which is why they were on the lineup in the yeah. first place oh sad <laughs> fuck you covid i'm so sick of this shit <laughs>
1: Uh, i wonder if adelaide will be able to have
0: theirs well i was about to say the glass half full perspective for us being in adelaide is there's no fomo now for melbourne writers festival because we could not obviously have gone for selfish reasons so now it's like well at least i'm not missing out (laughs) but then obviously that's such a fucked up selfish narcissistic view but yes hopefully adelaide writers festival can go ahead because it's um isn't it the director's last it's her last writers week i think okay if only there were less weekday talks because that's always I know, like, a nightmare <laughs> when you're like oh it's at 3 p.m on a Tuesday can't really like get an hour and a half off work to just like go to a talk I know I wonder I'm always interested in who the actual audience is have you been to many writers week yeah. events in Adelaide because it's Pretty much an exclusive retiree attendance. Like, then the lineup
1: doesn't really match.
0: A hundred percent. That kind of audience. I feel like every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm not young, but I feel like I'm (laughs) reducing the average age significantly. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe it is the timing. See, I think that is a huge part of it. Who else is free? And also, I mean. It is a free festival, so people that have retired love that shit. Mm-hmm. And also who else is free <laughs> on a weekday at like eleven A. M. So just go sit in the gardens and yeah, like listen to Great all Old Day. All day. What a life. I mean, it'd be a dream. Can I retire now? <laughs> Jesus. I anyway, know, we have so much to look forward to. Um, So the books we're picking are based on the authors on the program yeah. and any book that they've published. It's not necessarily the book that they were going to be promoting at this year's festival. So, yeah, just yeah. for context. Well, so
1: I picked Assembly by Natasha Brown, which I had been wanting to read for so long. Yeah. It's her debut novel, so you know, she was promoting this one this book I want to say up front that it's an incredible book I heard someone describe it as like a short sharp shock of a novel which I thought was so like cool cool and was perfect because it was incredibly powerful and it's like definitely written and kind of with this precision which was
0: incredible Um, I'm literally putting it on hold (laughs) if you can hear me typing away I'm like oh this sounds so good I'm gonna put it on hold you'll be able to read it in like a
1: day it was really short dream book I know it was one of those really great short books but it also has stayed with me for so long
0: Oh, like, as in your like, you've been coming back to it.
1: Yeah. It's really dark and it can be really depressing. And at first I didn't think I liked it.
0: Well, okay, so to be fair, you're not selling it so far. Like, when you're like, it's really dark and depressing. The only appealing part is that it's really quick to read. But it's incredibly (laughs) written. I cannot
1: believe this is her, like, debut novel. It's incredible. How old is she? Do you know? She's
0: 31. Fuck, I hate it when people younger than me have, like... (laughs) so successful and talented like happy for them just (laughs) as a reflection of me it makes me feel like i do not do enough in my life you can see it has a lot of truth in it for her so basically
1: assembly is set in london over a 24-hour period and the protagonist is preparing to attend her posh white boyfriend's family like lavish garden party for okay. their anniversary it sounds so British so she is a black British woman okay and her husband not her her boyfriend from this very politically like important family They're conservative political family yeah, I think okay so. it's all about like her navigating that but also <sighs> she grew up very differently and she yeah. tackles race and her place in the world and privilege and ambition and success Oh, in that. Well it's sort of like class period. and privilege
0: Yeah and how it intersects with race. Exactly. And the concept of like maybe hard work when people say that they've worked really hard to get somewhere or yeah, exactly. you know, lots of that. like in her job a lot of people allude to her just being a diversity hire. Oh uh, yeah. Mm, nothing makes me more angry than people exactly. saying something like
1: that. And she's also her boyfriend's kind of like his liberal like cachet.
0: Right, kind like she thing. lends him yeah. an air of, like, exactly. liberal open-mindedness because yes, exactly. he's not dating a conservative white girl, he's dating a black woman, yeah. so therefore it lends an image exactly. that it, people are easily going to assume is yeah. indicative of him as a person, exactly. which is not necessarily true. No, it's kind of a bit like,
1: um, what's the movie? Not Us, the one before mm. Get Out.
0: Get Out. Yeah. I haven't seen Us, is that good? No. Oh, it's really scary Oh, I don't like scary <laughs> movies. You were just immediately
1: like, no, no don't watch it i don't but that's because i don't like horror films i hate it fair and this book is it's really fascinating Mm. she makes a lot of inferences of how she's had to work twice as hard to Mm, get where she is but it's still yeah Mm. but she still feels behind and there's kind of so this is where i still am unsure about the book so there's almost like a twist which is not really a twist, but not in like a thriller sense, but there's this added element that happens. Okay. I don't want to give it away. It does put things into perspective, but it also adds this like extra layer of darkness and thought. It didn't really like reading, I was like, it doesn't really need this extra element. Mm. It's already like interesting enough, like her trying to navigate this area upper effective did
0: it so it added something to
1: the book even though at the time it was quite confronting yeah okay yeah it just seemed like it was something tagged on the end like it didn't right it, it felt really jarring while I was reading it but now that I have a couple months kind of in between I'm like okay that makes sense it just made it so much more impactful
0: is that why you're thinking about it a lot and is it because horror and like dark kind of themes aren't Maybe a space that you gravitate towards when you read?
1: Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah. I think it's definitely just my issue with it. I still think it's my experience as, like, a white cis woman. Yeah. I have a different experience, Mm. obviously, and she's trying to describe her, so I wouldn't want to take that away Mm -hmm. from her. But it's something that was super confronting to me, so. Yeah, and it's like... If that, if the twist happened to me, like, I would have a different reaction, but right. I'm not her and I haven't experienced what she has. Mm. So, yeah, that was, I think that was part of the thing while it why it wasn't sitting right and I had to kind of take myself out of that and be like, this is her story. This Good is what to have that trying.
0: self-awareness because that can be really difficult when you're yeah. reading because you can be so in the plot and the characters that y- it is sometimes hard to separate yourself yeah. from the book because yeah, it feels exactly. like you're it's you yeah. yeah especially when someone's a good writer they can really yes. like put you in
1: it exactly Natasha Brown like definitely does so impressive for a debut novel oh my god it's crazy and so I want you to read it so I can talk to you about <laughs> that because I feel like I'm a kind of it It's not going to make much sense to people who haven't read it, what I'm alluding to. Okay. So I'm really interested to know what you think of it. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. (laughs) Yeah, I read it really quickly. I think it's worth a read. Mm. It is incredibly dark, um, but it also makes you think about race and how that kind of Mm. interacts and privilege and that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm in a really entertaining kind of way as well okay and she is part of the digital program so yes
0: So I think everyone should make a donation and watch it. So good. Yeah, because it's like a pay what you want situation with the digital program at the Melbourne Writers Festival. So you can, you know, if you don't have heaps of money, it's not like you can't still access it. Yeah. You can sort of choose what you want to pay. It's not set tickets. Yeah. yeah, Definitely worth it. So yeah,
1: I, I recommend Assembly by Natasha Brown. Oh. still thinking about it.
0: I love it when books just sit with you for a really long time <laughs> and you're like, like oh my god I'm yeah, still unpacking it, this. But it was like it was very confronting. So. love it though. Yeah how about you? Um, the first book I'm gonna read is by the uh, read recommend <laughs> oh my god Jesus. You do,
1: like, Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> so thanks for joining me and just like read chapter by chapter. Um, it would definitely put people to sleep. <laughs> um, I'm recommending a book book by the author Bree Lee who was on the lineup. Um, this, Love Bree Lee. I know so she was there to promote her new book Who Gets to be Smart but I'm recommending because I haven't read that yet even though I've heard wonderful things from many of my friends who have read it. I'm recommending her debut book which was Eggshell Skull. Mm. Have you read it? I have. This is another incredibly yes
1: confronting but incredible book
0: yes so I'm going to put a trigger warning in so this book deals with child abuse um, as well as sexual assault and sexual harassment and we just really want to reiterate that help is always available Um, a really good resource is 1800 respect they have lots of information and services available if you're struggling or need direction for where to go next if you've experienced something like this because lots of people have unfortunately yeah um so yes, it is an incredibly confronting book. Oh. Um but Breley I think is maybe one of my favourite Australian authors. She is she's another one of those young yes. writers
1: that are just you are like, How are you doing this? She's
0: so whip smart but yeah. she I feel like she's also really dynamic, so she contributes articles to, like, the Saturday paper, mm. and, like, I feel like she just does so much. She interned, I think, as, like, a fashion assistant or something oh. in New York, like, years ago when she was still at uni, because, like, she's super interested in fashion, mm. so, like, she's really interesting to follow on Instagram. Oh, yeah, she wrote Beauty as well, didn't she? Yes, yes, which was a very small book, but it was also really great, which talks about her, um, I guess eating disorder and mm. society, particularly Western society's view and approach towards particularly women's beauty mm. or femme women. Um anyway, so she's yeah, she's really, really brilliant and I love that she doesn't shy away from tackling really, really big problems. Yeah. Because I feel like who gets to be smart um tackles knowledge and power and privilege. Um it's a nonfiction book and it sort of is all about institutional prejudice. And I kind she of, kind of touches on in Eggshell Scowl, doesn't it? True, she? there's some parallels. Mm. But I feel like all three of her books are still quite, like there's obviously an interconnection between the themes, right, around like how the world views women and the way they're supposed to look yeah. intersects with how we're represented in the judicial system true, true. and perceived, you know, victim-blaming kind of stuff. And then also there's some interconnections around power dynamics and who gets to access certain uh areas of society and our institutions so there's definitely interconnections but i love that they're still quite varied because a lot of people almost pigeonhole themselves on a theme and i almost expected that of her that she would become yeah become an expert in one Yeah, which she has actually done a shitload of campaigning Mm. and social justice awareness around i mean she focuses on queensland but around um the judicial system and how it's set up to fail for victims anyway Mm. So her debut novel came out in 2018. Um, she was only 27, so even more depressing than Natasha was Brown. She? Wow. Yeah, she was 27 when Eggshell Skull came out. So she, she would have been know. 25 probably, I imagine, when she was writing it. Wow. It's fucked. <laughs> I feel useless. <laughs> um, not about me. It's a non-fiction <laughs> memoir about her experiences as a judge's associate in Queensland. So she studied law um, and it was basically her first job out of uni. Um But I think the thing I really love about this book is um, she also presents and processes her own sexual harassment and assault in the book while talking about, I guess, the factual practicalities of how the system works and using her case as an example of how that operates. Um, So, yeah,
1: yeah, like being exposed to that constantly, like it naturally brought up a lot of stuff that hadn't actually processed or come to terms with.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like a dual story almost showcasing the inequities of the Australian judicial system for survivors of sexual assault, particularly women. Um, but I. Oh shit, I just moved my mic. <laughs> um, but I also love the way she paints the picture of the injustices in our court system, yeah, through the lens of her own case mm. as she goes through the system herself. Like, yeah. I really love as well, because um, she talks about like. This is not the correct stat, but, like, I would say nine out of ten of the cases that um, appeared before the judge that she was the associate for were women Um, and the differences they experienced in the way the jury treated and the lawyers treated them versus there was she particularly highlighted one case of a man who experienced um, sexual assault Mm. and the way that they treated him... And the marked difference between the two ways, like the victim blaming present for women just really wasn't there. Also, crazy how that
1: one case you're talking about with the man, like Mm. that it was like that was the first time they had actually found him guilty.
0: Yeah. In so many cases. Yeah, it was the first guilty conviction. Yeah. Yeah. And that like it was over really quickly. They barely asked him any questions (sighs) on the stand, first like like, women getting grilled after having been through very traumatic oh. incidences and having to live the trauma. But even I also really appreciated how she sort of presented the process through every stage, right, not just at the courts, but, mm. like, the levels of attrition of cases not proceeding even if people do report them to the police. Because the police and the DPP often work out whether charges progress. Yeah. Yeah. And they often don't mm-hmm. and yeah, anyway. Even what
1: she was told in her own case. Like, yeah,
0: it's... and like she had to like give statements multiple times because people mm-hmm. had lost them and then she had to like call again even though it took her so long to get up the courage to talk about yeah, it. That and part is heartbreaking. She had to really pursue it and because she understood the process that sat behind it all, she mm. could kind of call them out if they weren't doing their job. But most people don't understand or know what's supposed to be happening. Yeah, and her father's a police officer Yeah. I know. Anyway, so I'm recommending Brie Lee, Eggshell Skull. It's a really incisive, emotionally intense book to read and it is very confronting. So if you're a survivor, victim of sexual assault or child abuse and this is a trigger for you, definitely avoid. But um, if this is something you feel you could deal with, I would definitely recommend it because I was horrified, um, outraged and inspired by equal measure, I think. That's so true, Yeah, yeah. It does give
1: you that feeling. Even I think the title, Eggshell Skull, oh, is so evocative. It like, is. It's such an incredible...
0: It's also a beautiful cover. So if yeah, you're a pick true. books based on the cover, this will <laughs> definitely also appeal to you. So I um, recently
1: read Eating With My Mouth Open mm. by Sam Sweden, which I loved as well. Okay. This is another debut novel. <sighs> so many debut authors. Incredible. Yeah yeah this book is both so it's kind of like a memoir, but also a social commentary kind of thing, yeah on um food and hunger and our bodies, mental illness even and the humans at like the so interesting of this, all these issues and this well this minefield
0: mm. mm-hmm. really
1: it's almost like i really love this because it was almost like a stream of
0: consciousness on like all of these issues oh. it was almost like a diary entry like a meditation where yeah. it's just like this one thing and they just deal with it all yeah, at exactly once.
1: It, was, it had that element of being like really exposing and like deeply personal but then also touched it on, like, more cultural context. Mm. So almost little vignettes and little, like, essays okay. of, like
0: all sewn together, which makes sense. Almost like, um, I sometimes think that books written in that way just make me think of a collection of short stories yeah. that are very interconnected, because that's sometimes how like they that. feel, yeah. yeah. Which I actually, I think especially for this topic,
1: um, it worked really well, because it's that connection you have with the author, and just being so open, and mm. so exposing about this, which I thought was incredible, mm. and it's all about um, how she grew up with her dad and her brother as chefs, and her mother oh, wow! Which, I know, and her mother had very contentious issues with food. So she came, like, from these two extremes and shit. Like heard... disordered eating kind of vibes? Yeah. Okay. So her trying to, like, find herself in all of that. Oh my God. issues, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like you're reading her diary almost. She'll go from, swing from, like, wildly different topics, like how octopuses um, <laughs> eat their own limbs or something. What? Her childhood growing up on Phillip Island. It's a bit like that.
0: Holy shit. Also, octopus is delicious. So, like... <laughs> No judgment from me on that front. Um, (laughs) But it all like works together in the context. It's also nice in some ways because I feel like there's some really big topics there. Mm. And so you almost get a breather between them because if she's pivoting from one to the next, you're not constantly overwhelmed being like, fuck, this is so much. Like you get to focus on something else, but it's still tied together. Exactly. That's actually
1: a really good way to put Mm. it
0: because it does give you a bit of a breath because it is quite... I mean, she, like you said, she's
1: dealing with really dark topics. Yeah. But... Is written in a, like a really colourful, light-hearted
0: way. I love that because food, food writing is really it. particular, and you have to be yeah. very descriptive, I think, to do do it justice.
1: Yeah. So it's it's also like a celebration of food. Oh, yes. And how it can be nourishment and how it's for our bodies. And I also like that she doesn't try and heal from her journey. She kind of yeah. just accepts it. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. She doesn't try and explain it away or try and yeah. find some deeper meaning. Yeah. It just I is. really liked that meditation on it yeah mm. so I yeah I loved I loved this book I feel like this topic as well I can read a lot of stuff on yeah this. it's just so interesting I find
0: and it is so per- I feel like food is really personal yeah and I think maybe this is also what she's speaking to right about like oh, her how completely. our relationship with food is so formed by particularly early years but mm. how our parents grew up with food or their occupations or yeah. like there's so many layers to how we view food and like what Place it has in our lives, whether exactly. we value it, how important it is.
1: Yeah, it is like so complicated, and everyone has their own relationship with it. Yeah, and socioeconomic so it's privilege fast, yeah. around
0: like, do you have access to food? Exactly. Anyway,
1: yeah, it's so fascinating, and yeah, she just did it really, really, really well. So mm. I loved. She name checks Lindy West a lot. <gasps> I mean, and Roxanne Gay. So it's just kind fuck. of of that. She's, okay. Yeah reading it immediately and and what I loved I brought an edition with her she had like signed the inside cover and it said fancy bitch (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just because she's a local author (laughs) and it said I hope you find this book nourishing and I was like oh that's the perfect encapsulation of what I found this book it was
0: it was nourishing. What a fucking great word yeah. in general, but what a great description of what books can be. Exactly. Because I do feel like books can be intensely nourishing for yeah. the soul. It satisfied something in me. Yeah. Made me feel really content. So yeah. Oh. I loved this book. Oh my god, that's
1: so beautiful. Yeah, Eating With My Mouth Open by Sam Van Sweden.
0: Oh, I'm really excited to get this one from the library. Uh you can borrow mine. Maybe. <laughs> oh my god! No, but I don't want to ruin it. It's a sign for oh that she is precious, to, her, to, to be worth millions of the future. <laughs> I'm really sad she won't get to do her talk
1: because she was part of the digital program. Mm. But you might be interested in this. She was at Sydney Writers Week mm. and she did like a podcast with um with Ben Law. <gasps> yeah,
0: fuck off. He's my favorite ever exactly. human. Ben Law and who's the other? We- for their podcast that he yeah, does Carly Finlay. um yeah, course, yeah. i can't remember he does a couple of podcasts and he often guests on them oh my god yeah, can so, you send me the link yeah we'll so, put it in the show notes exactly. But like i want to read i want to listen so
1: yeah i thought that was cool
0: oh so cool yeah. All
1: right
0: we'll listen yeah what about your last one um leave the world behind by rumen alarm have you read this no, I've I've only seen the cover. I don't know anything
1: else about it. Okay. So I'm starting fresh.
0: Okay, and I think I've got a very brief overview of the book because I genuinely think this is one of the books you need to go in blind with and Interesting. not know too much about it because it is the whole point is the suspense of how it unfolds and trying to work out what's going to happen oh my god um so i guess how i would describe this book is it's like a peek into human nature trust and people's coping mechanisms when put to the test like in trying situations so the book focuses on two families who are complete strangers from each other they're forced together on a long weekend I guess in what feels like the apocalypse. <laughs> so there's like okay, one, wow. yeah, one family has rented an Airbnb from the other, and the city. I think it's set sort of New York kind of vibes, or like a big city like that in the US. So the book's set in the US, um, and the city goes into a complete blackout. There's no internet. There's no TV. There's nothing. And so it feels like those apocalyptic. You don't really know why that's happened. So you don't know what's caused it, what's coming. And it makes the stakes automatically so much higher when something
1: like that happens.
0: So basically the couple that own the home, like rock up on the doorstep and ask to stay while they sort of ride it out together and wait out what's actually happening because the house is like has a generator and like has... Like it's quite large and they've got lots of food and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a to me, it's a really masterful book when it comes to suspense and intrigue. Ooh, okay, love this. Um, and it really cleverly weaves together lots of different themes. So it covers parenthood and race and class and privilege, like so wonderfully. Mm. Um yeah, it's such a brilliant look into how our relationships, both with ourselves and other people, like are shaped and rattled or undone in, like, those real intense moments of pressure oh, and crisis. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to see how the really different personalities, how they cope together and individually. <laughs> it's, like, and you almost try and project. You're, like, how would I react yeah. if I was in this really intense situation? <laughs> kind of would I, I, I be more that person or that person? And I'm always, like, no, I'd be whatever the shit version <laughs> is that's, Fucking like, in a fetal yeah. position crying and just sobbing in the corner. <laughs> This
1: is why I love reality TV. <laughs> <'Cause they're> like,
0: <laughs> that's what is the best part. Is yeah, putting
1: people in yeah. wild
0: situations and just True. seeing how they react. It is like a fucked up. Like reality TV is like a fucked up social voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exercise yeah. <laughs> sociologists must be like great i don't even need to be in the field this is the field i'm just yeah, gonna research exactly. big brother <laughs> um anyway that's leave the world behind by rumen Alarm. oh my god you've piqued my interest so much. i really hope it lives up to it because it's also like It's slow in some parts and it like it like any book it takes a while to set up and understand the characters and they're not all likable, which I appreciate in a book. I Mm. actually really resent when everyone's like super easy and likable. I like when there's complex characters. Exactly. And I think it's difficult when those complex characters are women. I think because we're so used to them being or needing to be likable. You feel
1: yourself almost rejecting it. Yes,
0: I get so judgy. Your
1: logic brain is like, no, let's calm down.
0: (laughs) And I I think I just really didn't identify with one of the female characters. So like she really graded on me. So there's almost a sense of being frustrated with the book because I was like, oh, she's so annoying. Oh my God, how interesting. So yeah, there is a bit of both. It's not like the best book I've read this year, but it's still really interesting. Is it like scary? I think it's more the suspense intrigue that's okay, scary that's because good. you don't know that. what's coming next. <laughs> that's what is there where you're like I don't know how this is going to end. Okay, yeah. That's to me where it comes from the Did fear. It like an apocalypse. Yeah, because it definitely has those overtones. Oh my god, I love this. Yeah.
1: Okay, such a good such a good recommendation. Okay. Oh. And he's an American author. I actually coming from cuz that's also like so disappointing like having all these
0: authors come from all over the world. He's a, he was, um, he's an American writer. He studied at Oberlin. Hmm. Oh, he has, he's actually quite hot.
1: (laughs) Um, One,
0: another one for the list. Another one for our (laughs) list, here.
1: Oh my God, he is okay love the glasses the professor he's gay
0: kids he still makes a list yeah
1: makes someone for list. everyone that way
0: such a lovely with him in his part i know and they're beautiful kids <laughs> that's actually incredible but yeah the glasses i think it's the glasses and the blazer combo i'm no, just like mm.
1: oh you would professor verbs yeah speak down to me about a literary ah <laughs> <car seat. laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the kind of voice
0: I'm in, it <laughs> says a lot about me <laughs> oh my god I love that so much
1: explain <laughs> pride and prejudice to me I know I've read it 17 times but
0: please tell me what you think yeah I feel like there's a lot to unpack here but this is like your vibe that you really seek out your recommendation oh yeah
1: I also wanted to recommend um Succession
0: oh my god I started watching this recently <gasps> what do you think I mean <gasps> what <laughs> okay
1: is this another thing I'm gonna have to be mad about no
0: oh wow yeah. wait what else are you mad oh yeah because i don't like romance and like yeah okay fair <laughs> and i hate the eleanor frantic books i forget i was like wait why and then i was like no I'm, I'm a polarizing character um no i think i resent shows these days that are too long okay. like the episodes are like a fucking hour long i'm yeah, like all... my attention span in this apocalyptic global pandemic world is like 20 minutes I need it to be easy to watch. Like, I actually am really struggling with, like, attention span with dramatic shows. Yes. I think that's more where it's coming from. And it's so complicated. There's so many characters. And I'm like, and Macaulay Culkin's brother is in it. And every time I'm just like, you're Macaulay Culkin's brother. Every time he appears on screen, I'm just like, Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) So, yeah, anyway, it's still a great premise. I've only watched maybe three or four episodes of the first season, though. I
1: think keep going through it. So it is, like, I understand that it's a very, it's one of those dialogue-heavy HBO shows. So you do need to pay attention. But I love this show. I think it's incredible.
0: And it is fascinating because it's so clearly based on Rupert Murdoch's family. Like, it's so fucking obvious. Yeah. But it's super interesting to get that insight into these incredibly wealthy, privileged families and how they all have money becomes their like focus though like they're so willing to fuck each other over for power yeah like nobody in
1: this in this is a wholly good person nobody no i feel like nobody is
0: like a good person even the like gooby cousin dude like he's the one that you know what he reminds me of? The what? guy that says he's the good guy and then yeah. gets really pissed off that like no one wants to sleep with him. Yeah. Because he's actually a bit of a dick.
1: Well and he in season two, like okay. he starts to like learn the ropes. hmm So I've um I've been recently rewatching it. Oh, so you've already seen it all. Yeah. Okay. I just I was blown away by this show. Okay. Because the season three trailer just came out, so oh. I wanna get myself ready. There's so many shows. <laughs> it's like, it's, I'm so overwhelmed. I also want to say it's, like, it's funny. Okay. I, I just find it so funny. There's like a dark humour
0: to it. There word. is a dark humour to it and there are definitely yeah. moments when you kind of have to laugh otherwise yeah. you're like, oh. Yeah, I
1: recommend Succession. Oh,
0: okay. That's a and good one. And I recommend one. Emma finishes it. <laughs> <laughs> I will report back whenever I do, oh, which so might be in like two years. I love it. How about you? What do you recommend? I'm also recommending a bunch of TV. Oh my God, love this. Um, See
1: effects of lockdown.
0: I was gonna say this is definitely like a lockdown hangover recommendation. Of like, I watched a lot more TV than normal in lockdown (laughs) because I had more time on my hands. (laughs) Um, But the first one is the Netflix show Feel Good. Have you watched this? No. So it's with the. um, It stars and is written by the comedian Mae Martin. So she's Canadian.
1: This has come up on my. Oh yeah,
0: it's not gonna be for everyone because it is quite intense at various points but Mm -hmm. it's basically like she's a Canadian comedian living in the UK um and I guess it's about her dealing with her past while navigating a new relationship with a woman she meets there who this woman she meets doesn't realize that she's bisexual until she kind of like is super interested in May so there's so many layers to Mm. this because it sort of deals with sexuality and like Stigmas around that, particularly in like British, proper British society where people don't talk about lots of things. Um, But yeah, it's a lot about mental health as well and addiction because Mae Martin in the show is very open about being a recovering addict. Okay. Um, So it's this weird combination of super heavy and like genuinely funny moments. She's hilarious. And like navigating relationships. It's just like a really... Yeah, it's so interesting. Okay, you've convinced me. So, and also only short episodes, so (laughs) perfect for me. Um, And there's only been two seasons, but yeah, I really, really loved it. Okay. Oh my gosh, good one. It's. I feel like this was a really intense episode with the (laughs) books we recommended. There was some dark. There was a lot of them had dark fucking themes. I think they all were, weren't they? Yeah. I feel like (laughs) the least dark was the semi-apocalyptic one that I recommended. That does say something, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, also sad that the Melbourne Riders' fate is. I going. know. I feel so like so we are all of the on, people. Like, of but the digital program is there. Yeah. Please, please, and please check it out. Is, like, it's genuinely incredible. great, and also like I think if we can at least show the interest and support with yeah. the digital program, it hopefully gives them hope. Slash, yeah,
1: give,
0: give a little bit of money towards them being able to pay all the people that have been working on this for months and exactly. months and months
1: yeah it's a good way to just support them mm. still even though it's yep. all cancelled in person
0: and if you're looking for new books to read I feel like festivals like this is such a good place oh. to start because they often basically cherry pick some of the best novels that have come out in the last 12 months so if you're at a bit of a loss it's basically a curated list oh of like brilliant Books and authors, particularly from a local perspective, because that's like local festivals so like true. this really do have an emphasis on Australian authors, so it's a really good way to support them as well.
1: Yeah, going through the program, I
0: list was so. Yes! Oh my god, same. Long. Same. Yeah, I mean, the long, long, long is... list for this episode for me, I was like, fuck, I'm never gonna be able to pick two. Even
1: picking it was so difficult. Oh my god, so difficult. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. go even have a look at the program
1: and. Definitely, definitely. There's some good gems in there.
0: Yep. Alright, well, happy reading, everyone! Happy reading! Enjoy the digital program! And we'll see you next time!
1: See you! Bye! Bye! <laughs>